0: You are now listening to The Jason D'Amico Show. Greetings, folks. Welcome back to The Jason D'Amico Show. Um, we, this, this episode's been in the works for a while, uh, and it's, it's cool to be face to face with my good friend and uh, fellow writer, filmmaker, director. This guy's won multiple awards. Um, really really making a splash in the romance novel scene and, and other other endeavors. He's always got his hands in multiple things. It's great. Very, very diversified and always keeping things moving. Please welcome to the show my very talented friend, Mr. Jeff Rivera. It's good to have you.
1: Well, I'm going to give myself a, a hand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me
1: just bow. And, and, and green
0: screen oh. ex- extraordinaire.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. So Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: uh jeff and i have known each other now what now it's over a year right at least yeah 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 Two about years that, maybe. Yeah.
1: yeah it's been it's been about a lot of year a year and a half something like that yeah, yeah.
0: and mm-hmm. um just beginning stages for you I, I, of course people that are coming across this interview they're going to know your name you're inter- internationally known uh, in, in your writing sphere and what you've done uh I want to start with beginning stages though for you as far as how you got into writing. Uh, I remember we talked the last time we were in person last year at, at a meeting we were talking a little bit about your traveling and you traveled a lot when you were young um, and just kind of how you know beginning stages how that played into your writing and uh, how it developed your artistic career.
1: Well definitely I me mean, just to give people a little background about me I'm a writer producer Uh, I spent most of my career so far of being an author writing uh, different types of love stories and romance, some under my real name, some under my pen names, Mm -hmm. different genres, but primarily love stories. Um, And now I've made the shift from doing books to moving more toward film and television, more episodic work right now. So I, I began my career... Uh, really at the tender age of six uh, writing stories when I was in about first grade uh, about the kids in class. And I didn't even know it was called writing. I just sort of just did it. Uh, And uh, and then in fact, I was encouraged quite a bit along the way by my teachers. My second grade teacher encouraged me a lot. My third grade teacher took me, uh, she put me in the uh, talented and gifted um, classes for young writers. And I was just sort of encouraged to continue to write, and that, you know, it's something that carried me through my life. Something that became part of who I am. I can't even imagine not writing in some form every day. Right. It's really become my identity. Like I think, you know, for example, you, you know, you're you're a filmmaker, but you're also probably first and foremost a musician. And mm-hmm. Probably can't even imagine being uh, without being able to sing or be able to write or yeah. songs or or play and whatnot. I that's my been my identity. I've been a writer, a storyteller. of sorts since then. And, and basically, um, I tried different aspects of film and television, uh, as a child actor. Uh, I then moved on to doing, uh, being an assistant to a casting director, which was great. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot at the age of 24. I was negotiating with producers from CSI, um, wow. from all kinds of major, um, uh, producers and public and uh, productions. And then, um, I then after a couple productions I decided to shift into writing books and I stayed there for about pretty much 10 years or so maybe 15 years or so and along the way I started interviewing people just like you're doing Jason and um, that led to writing for Huffington Post, that led to uh, writing for Media Bistro, writing for different types of national publications and. And then, um, which led to me also doing consulting in the film intelligence space and marketing in the film intelligence space. So all these different sort of mini careers along the way kind of led me to where I'm at right now, um, which is producing uh, projects I'm working on. A project right now I'm really excited about. You and I met um, about a project I was producing. Mm -hmm. And we're still making happen. We are, yeah, uh, one way or another.
0: Yeah, uh, for soon enough. Sure.
1: So I'm just, definitely... to add, just to add
0: another uh, another factor into all of this. You know, COVID nineteen, and we'll see. We'll see how that how that changes the, the plan of trying to move forward with that. But uh, we exactly will we prevail. Right, right. We'll make it. We'll make it work. Maybe Emma will be will be dying of COVID instead. <laughs>
1: Oh, it was in bored taste. I shouldn't have said that. But you know, it's a it's not? a
0: it's a little too soon. But then again, the stuff I've seen on TikTok <laughs> that that's like that's like Disneyland compared to what what happens over there. You know
1: exactly. If you're yeah. gonna, you know, you got better to laugh than to cry. So
0: yeah, know.
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. So yeah, I mean, i uh, just working on that, and and everything has led me. The skills I learned from you know being a writer or being a casting director's assistant, or working in marketing, working with these different high profile people and interviews, it all led me to where I am today, the skills I've learned along the way, even if it's just talking to people or, or, or meeting people, learning sort of the emotional intelligence.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. skills you
1: learn, that sort of yeah. thing, yeah. Well, so. the
0: EQ is, is so vital, so vital. I remember mm-hmm. taking a class in one of the courses that I had in business school, uh, there was a whole chapter on that. And I ended up doing self, self-research and self-education beyond just that one chapter. I thought it was fascinating. Those soft skills are essential.
1: Yeah. You're just amazing. When, I was, when we first met, you were finishing up your graduate degree, I believe. or you were, knew You were finishing bachelors. up your bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you were touring or something, you're auditioning, yeah, you're writing songs it's ridiculous. and traveling all over the place and doing this and that. So, I mean, you're just a dynamo.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm trying to keep up with you, my friend. You've got, you've got quite, you've got quite the, uh, the, the list of credits, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I pace myself though. I pace myself along the way. I definitely take my naps. Uh, i've learned to not burn myself out
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i I, uh i'm starting to learn that in my mid-20s you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's It's a good time to learn yeah there's a difference between that and 18 for some reason it's weird well
1: you started your career though way earlier than most everyone else so you're already you know you're practically a 40 year old you know in terms (laughs) of career you know perhaps
0: (laughs) perhaps some days i feel like a five-year-old actually most of the time i feel like a five-year-old i don't even know what the hell i'm doing half the time uh i want to dive into your creative process uh sure and influences Mm -hmm. kind of related perhaps not really but in some ways i think they are uh who who were some of your major influences when you first started out and did you model their creative processes did you come up with Eventually you find your own path, but I'm just curious how that happened for you.
1: I think as the writer, I think my influences were definitely the children's books I would read as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everything from Indian in the Cover to um, Amelia Bedelia to all these different things that really kind of gave me um, inspiration and and excitement about writing. So that thing initially was that. And then later on, as I started doing more film and television stuff, I think it was more just sort of the greats, you know, the Steven Spielbergs of the world, Spike Lee's, the, you know, people like that that are just really exceptional at what they do. And uh, I think that that kind of really inspired me. And then in terms of creating my my own process, it's been, I always had an instinct for writing at a very early age that was recognized by grown adults. Mm. And I found mentors along the way who maybe I didn't recognize were mentors at the time who really taught me little things here and there, coached me in different ways about my writing process. And they allowed me at the age of, I think, 17, I was critiquing scripts from people who have been writing for decades because I had a certain instinct about like, what felt right and what worked and what didn't work. And I, and I belonged to the screenwriting group when I lived in Nevada. And there were so many great writers who were veterans who just taught me a lot of stuff that I, I use to this day. And then just, you know, I'm always, always, always evolving my process along the way. I think I pretty much have it down to the way that I am able to do it now. But um, just, I can always learn something. And and the thing is, just like there were older people who who entrusted me with their work and learned from me, I learned from people who are younger than me, people who are older than me, people who don't even come from a creative background. And I'm, I'm able to, to kind of take everything I learned from people and create some, some sort of, sort of process to, um, make, you know, what I try to be, uh, try to create as masterpieces, right. you know, um, one way or another. So
0: now you, um, uh, do you, so walk, walk me through like, perhaps one of the novels that you've written or your usual, uh, format. Do you start with the end in mind? Or is it more of uh, you just kind of feel something or you, you have some character that that you want to write about and things kind of just you, you explore along the, uh, the way. You literally start on page one or do you kind of see the whole picture?
1: I definitely see the whole picture. I know it's going to happen by the end. I may not know how we're going to get there, but I know that the end this such and such is going to happen. So, um I definitely have. Sometimes it's a great character that I'll add on top of it. I write in layers, so I might start out with, um, you know, the, the typical hero's journey structure, and then on top of that, I might add in, you know, some great characters. I might add in twists. I kind of write, I kind of stack it. That's now here, here it just, jo-
0: here's journey. Is that uh, how many? Is that twelve? degrees 12 step what is that 10 or 12 or- uh, not that it matters I, I just i remember reading about that uh at some point i, I studied that format mm-hmm. uh
1: i don't know how many how many steps are in it uh, it's a typical three-act structure though okay but it goes is basically something like this and i'm sure there's gonna be writers who are listening to this but like, that's not how it goes but this <laughs> is the way i see it uh <laughs> Life is normal for this character,
0: right? Not, yeah, you're right. Yeah,
1: yep. Until something happens that changes their life forever, and then they have the first call to action to be able to solve this problem or take this mission on, and they refuse that mission, and then they have a second call, which they have no other choice but to accept it. They have to take this, and right. from that point on, there's no turning back. And then basically try and fail, try and fail, try and, try and fail. Uh, at some point, um, they're all is lost. And it looks like they can, cannot get anything done and that sort of thing. And they pick themselves by their own bootstraps and they get enough courage to be able to finally face off with the antagonist. And usually they'll win or they'll lose and they'll learn something. That's kind of in a nutshell how it goes. So,
0: That's right. Yeah. Now I remember. Yeah. I'm,
1: yeah, It starts out like that for me. Um, just to have something. And I could write that in like 10, 15 minutes, the basic structure of that. And then just layer on top of it, layers and layers and layers until – I have, you know, and then at some point, you just kind of like kind of throw it out and say, you know what? I have a map, but let me just explore this character. Like in the case of, of the book Sing to Me, mm-hmm. those characters just started talking to each other. And I'm like, you know what? Just have your conversations and I will just dictate what you're saying. But at the same time, I knew the structure of basically where it was going to go.
0: What I love about your writing is both in script and in novel format is the, the details in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. You know, you, you, yeah, well you take, so, cause I think it can either go, it can go either way with a production or an artistic expression where you, like I I got into better call Saul cause they had the fourth season. They, that came out oh I love it we're watching it now we're watching oh cool cool now. yeah yeah uh-huh. so yeah, perfect perfect uh segue there for an example then it's the it's a it's a very trite script I, I think that's the right word it's just very the the wording is very short a lot happens mm-hmm. that is without being said mm-hmm. where you take somebody with the style of sing to me that that you may have written in and I'm not, I I don't know enough of your work yet to really pin this on you. I don't want to pigeonhole you to this, but when things are wordy, usually they're wordy, but the way that you frame your dialogue, it's, it's very capturing. And oft I don't see that often. And when I read sing to me, I just couldn't stop reading it because even though these characters are having all this dialogue, and, yeah, it's, it's about just s- stuff, you know, sitting at the diner and the banter. Like, the, the banter. I think that's really what I'm trying to get at. The banter is very intriguing. It's very relatable. And I, I'm, I was just curious how, how that came about for you. Is that just your it, – it's probably natural.
1: I think that in that case, the, the characters had such strong personalities that you just let them talk to each other and see yeah. what they're going to say. Yeah. You need to go back through it. Sometimes you have to like, you know, creatively change things a little bit to make the story go along or you want to fit in certain things that need to go uh, in the dialogue in order to push the, the plot along. But uh, in that case, I mean, the characters are just such great characters. I just let them talk. And I just like, I like, I always like the kind of uh, oil and vinegar relationships. I, I love that old dynamic of classic films, you know, um, you know, like the Humphrey Bogart type of, you know, Catherine um, Hepburn type of, mm-hmm. you know, feel. I like, I like, I like that. I like that dynamic of, of two characters who are seemingly opposite. Um, and all the subtext that goes underneath it. So it's Some not text. all on the surface. Subtext.
0: Yeah. That's it. That's what I was, that's what I was kind of diving for right there, reaching for. Uh, by mm-hmm. the way, I finished Mad Men. So thank you for that. Uh, Oh, you I, did?
1: Okay, good.
0: Yeah, okay. I don't know if I don't know if you recommended it originally or if I just started it and we talked about it at the last mm-hmm. we last met.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: But uh, phenomenal! Like
1: just, it's great. Yeah, uh, that's just brilliant. Yeah,
0: that ending brilliant. really. I, I the ending was a little. I, I didn't see that coming. It, it was kind mm-hmm. of. It's it's a little open ended, but it mm-hmm. was it, the whole series was fantastic.
1: I, I don't like it when they leave things open personally. I'm like, Me please either. wrap it up. Me you know, either. we just invested, you know, years perhaps in watching a series. The least you can do for us is wrap it up enough that we have no lingering questions. Right. You know, right. if we can, we can write, you know, a sequel in our head, that's fine. But I personally can't stand but it. But then you know, a, then don't. again, you yeah. know, that
0: character, um, uh, Don, you know, Donald Dre, it's just kind of like, yeah. It kind of makes sense though, because Don just mm-hmm. like he'll just he'll just tra- he'll just be a, a, a freight train through any situation, and just kind of it, it's like a new phase for him. And you see him go through all those phases throughout the. Hopefully, I'm not spoiling this for anybody, but you see him go through all those phases through the, throughout the seasons, the divorce, the second divorce, you know, mm-hmm. and all the women, and it's like all, the career and everything falls apart everything gets built back up falls apart back out. just like caught, like the such highs and lows with him there's like no so yeah it's
1: just a great character i mean i think the best television or i should say the best writing right now i think is happening in television i think maybe we'll have said that um, yeah. we don't see the great roles that we like to see um and film as much mm-hmm. as we do in television i mean I'm watching the third season of Ozark. Have you seen that yet?
0: Well, I I saw it on the Netflix homepage. Okay, okay, yeah. that's. I think that you might. If you like,
1: I'm gonna if check you it like, out. Yeah. yeah, that might be one of your your next ones. I think it's it's. If you like Breaking Bad, you'll definitely like the Ozark. Oh well, the Ozark yeah. And Ozark. I mean, yeah.
0: Breaking and Breaking Bad. See that? I got an argument. Well, it wasn't an argument, but it kind of was mm-hmm. to a certain. It wasn't an argument. It was just like this really heated discussion about like oh you know breaking bad was a perfect ending that was my opinion and then uh-huh. my ex-base player my base player at the time ex-base player he was saying no they should have ended it in season four with when 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 Gus got blown up like that should have been the end like it was it I was like no like it was per it was so poetic like uh-huh. after white <laughs> going out we see him dead like that's Again, like hopefully the show's been out forever. Hopefully, I'm not spoiling this for anybody, but mm-hmm. uh, you know. Like well, then they can-
1: kind of leave the question wondering, and I still wonder, even after seeing the two hour movie that follows it, uh, is he really dead? I was
0: am I, in my heart. Really? Hearts, I, Wait, I haven't seen well, the movie. Okay,
1: there's a movie too on Netflix that, that has um, Jesse Peekman. So it's, it's, about, that's like right. it's about
0: Jesse. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So I'm hoping. My conspiracy theory is somehow he, either Walter survived what happens in the end, um, and he has escaped, and he's under a different name, and he's got a cure for his cancer, and <clears throat> <laughs> and somehow they're gonna bring him back, and I mean that's what I want to believe. So that's my little, yeah, my little uh, fan fiction.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What what what's your opinion between the Breaking Bad and the Better Call Saul uh, dynamic? Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on that? You know, um,
1: I I watched the first four episodes or so, and I couldn't get into it until we started watching it again from scratch. And we actually watched, I think, from the first season all the way through the last season of Breaking Bad, and then jumped right into. Uh, Better call Saul, and I'm enjoying it so much more. In fact, we're on the fifth season of it now. Uh, I think it's fifth or fourth season, whatever the latest one is. Fourth. Um, Was it fourth? Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever the latest one is, we're on it, <laughs> and um, we're really, really enjoying it all the way through. It's just so good. It's a great character. It's just a great yeah. character. And, yeah. Yeah. this little yeah. spin off. The yeah. older
0: brother, like that. That whole. That whole dynamic, I, I'm curious to see if, yeah. Vince, if Vince Gilligan – did did, does he write the script or do they I have multiple
1: – I don't know if he wrote Better Call Saul or if he's just the creator or if he's just – I don't know what's going on, but his stamp is definitely on it.
0: Maybe an EP or something. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's involved. I think, in I think Bob Odenkirk is the producer.
1: Yeah, yeah um, he's amazing.
0: Yeah. They're all insane. Uh, Ray – I mean, she, she's, she's insane. I just, the, the, mm. the performances,
1: so believable. Yeah, the performances. <laughs> the dialogue so for, uh, for Saul Goodman is just phenomenal. Huh? Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: The, uh, I, I don't know if you got into the part where he's hustling in the, uh, the parking lot of the.
1: Oh, yeah. You mean for the cell phone thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. That's just, I, did you see the, the, the biker gang? you. Yeah. yeah that was great, oh, that's that, yeah, great. i mean it's just oh, great. It's so great but you
1: know what though the, every time they and this has been my experience with doing those that kind of you know biker crowd too is it they're tough on the outside but they're really nice people <laughs> right. but i i've seen that cliche so many times in, in tv shows and movies i would kind of hope they maybe this time will they will be live up to their badass personality <laughs> but uh maybe it's time but, yeah, for yeah, kind to, kinda,
0: maybe it's time for yeah. you to write, develop a script on that Exactly. Exactly. Something, you know, something like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> My hands are full though with with uh, what I'm working on them right now, so I don't. Yeah. Think gonna
0: that but, Something uh, to think about yeah, down yeah. the road, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What uh let's talk about acting real quick because I remember seeing mm-hmm. your reel at one point and you've been in the scene. Did you really? Somehow I, I don't oh, remember okay. how it was. <laughs> it was probably okay. when I did show prep. Uh, okay. I actually prepped for this three months ago mm-hmm. because I was going to come down to oh, okay. when I was in New York and then okay. <laughs> our car literally like the axle was basically ready to explode wow, so okay. yeah so we had to get it fixed and you know we, uh, that's what I said like we couldn't make it that day uh, but I remember doing some prep and I found some somewhere deep on YouTube there was some wow. real that you had up and it was,
1: oh my god
0: it was, that was good like, it, was, it was like it was quality you know I was like oh man he acts too when I, when I was a teenager it was like when I was
1: like 14 years old right Pretty yeah much.
0: yeah it was like some oh. something back in whatever you know uh, like cassette yeah. time frame or
1: yeah when I was like I was literally 14 years old I think it has like my first commercial on there when I was literally 14 I was like oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fun I enjoyed acting though I enjoyed um I enjoyed it taking, I took these great acting classes when I was about 24, 25, 26. Um, and I really, really enjoyed the process. Uh, I learned so much. And that was actually, I took it even while I was being a casting director's assistant uh, at one point. And then I think I took it again. I took it before that. Yes, I took it when I was about 21 uh, acting classes and then I took it again when I was uh, about, yeah, about 24. But, yeah, about 24 years old, I really enjoyed it. It was just fun. It's just not something I want to pursue. I didn't really want to be an actor, but I really enjoyed it. it. was fun, you know, and I think it's helped me deal with actors, understand what, you know, what they're going through and the preparation that's involved and, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> I hope that stays buried on YouTube. I should find <laughs>
0: it and report it. Well, I, you'd be reporting yourself. I think it was on your, yeah. your was YouTube it on my channel. Favorite? I have this other YouTube channel somewhere. I don't even have the
1: password i it, like it
0: was it was it was in the deep, deep web of YouTube. Because I, I will find it. I will burn it. <laughs> 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 you're you're working with a lot of computer generated uh uh narrative and and storytelling. What what's going on with that? Because I I see that constantly on your on your social media.
1: Well, I've had the kind of instinct to go in that direction of of animated but more photorealistic animation for quite some time something told me i need to move in that direction and now with what's going on globally i think this becomes even more important right it's more proud um yeah definitely i think that uh, what i'm working on right now is a story actually i've had for the last 25 years or so um in one form or another that takes place in, in west africa and it's sort of what i would call now like an african game of thrones type of story really? so yeah so I, I, what i'm doing right now is just the storyboards and the animatics so i can figure out the story get the story straightened out before i go to the next step or the last step of making it photorealistic there's so many great animators out there right now and the capabilities of making something look pretty close to real is 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 is, is available right now and there's so many great groups on facebook of just talented people all over the world who've already achieved this for next to nothing. Um, Mm. they put the time into it to learn it, but in terms of cost, it doesn't cost anything anymore. The software, most of which is free or next to free nowadays. Is that open
0: source then some of it?
1: Some of it. Yeah. But there's a great uh, gaming software, a gaming engine called unreal engine, which they, I'm sure many people are familiar with Fortnite. Um, it's, (laughs) You know, um, <laughs> it's owned by the same company, um, okay. uh, it's called Epic, which also owns Unreal Engine. And a lot of video games are kind of, or use their engine. Um, and then a lot of recently, they're doing a lot of virtual production. So recently, the, the new Star Wars television show that's on right now on Disney Plus, what's it called? Um, Mandalorian or something like that, I have no idea. I have watched yet. Yeah, I heard it's great. Anyway, all of that, even the exterior shots are shot on a set. And instead of using green screen, what they use is these gigantic LED um, TV screens, basically. And they run on Unreal Engine. And everywhere the camera goes, the background goes with it. Wow. And they use the lighting from, let's say there's a sunny scene that's, you know, a really bright scene. It's on these LED panels. That natural lighting goes on the actors, so they don't have to worry about over-lighting it. They don't have to worry about going back and doing the green screen, compositing, all that sort of thing. So they're using this software, um, this Unreal Engine, gaming engine software. So I can get really geeky. I can just geek out about this kind of stuff and I don't want to bore everybody who's listening and watching this. But, But I'm just really excited about it. I've been excited about it for quite some time. I've been learning it last few years. The capabilities are are endless. I'm I think it's gonna be the wave of not only the future but of the present. I think it opens opportunities for people who otherwise wouldn't have it. Uh actors who maybe physically don't look the part but can do the voice or do the acting will be able to do that now. Um, it's it's a great wonderful thing that creates jobs and and yeah, there's some jobs that will not will no longer be necessary, but for the most part, it creates jobs and it creates opportunities and levels of playing field for people who you can be in some place in India or in Ukraine or in the North Pole. And if you have the software, you can compete against a major studio in terms of the quality of the work. It's all about the storytelling now. It's not about the finances, it's not about the funding, it's not about... Even having an A-list, I mean, that's one thing I think that Netflix has proven, that you don't necessarily have to have an A-list star. Most of the most popular uh, television shows didn't have stars. They weren't stars before um, the shows became popular. So it's about the story and the storytelling, and the characters you create. It's about what you bring to the screen. So that's what's great about what's happening right now and that I'm really excited about.
0: Uh, you say storytelling, and I had that actually as a bullet point. I may have brought it up inadvertently earlier, but yes, storytelling is all, it's, it's the same as songwriting. If you don't have a song, it doesn't matter what production you throw at it. If it's not going to engage people just as a song, just as an acoustic and vocal or piano and vocal or what, whatever instrument and vocal, good luck. You know, <laughs> right, exactly. So, it's yeah. uh, it, 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 that's what it comes down to. And your storytelling, uh, how did, did you ever do you have any struggles that you overcame and and what were they perhaps, or is there something that you always try to keep in check for yourself personally? Um, I, I know it's kind of like a ridiculous question. It just came to me. Though. But,
1: life struggles in general?
0: Well, no, just like, you know, developing stories, maybe writer's block, but I don't want to call it writer's block. It's just like certain, uh, certain challenges that, that may occur when, when trying to write or, you know, you may have it all in your head, but trying to get it down on paper.
1: I think that I never really had writer's block. What I had was too many ideas block where ah. – Yeah. So many, I was like, which one should I work on? And I would stop, um, in the middle of a project. I resonate with
0: that big time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and I I was able to fix it and I'll tell you um, how in a a moment, but I went through this struggle of going from project to project to project, not necessarily even completing them or not putting my passion to all of it to fruition. And I see along the way I was doing many things that would later on become successful and it'd be a big wave. Had I stuck with those things, then I would be a gazillionaire by now. But I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I have great, in, in, a great, great intuition about what's gonna be the next thing or what mm-hmm. feels right. And I, was, I wasn't sticking with it. Um, and what my, the reason why I was doing that on some level, I think was uh, economically, I thought, well, I should be working on something that's gonna gonna sell. Uh, this, a small idea I have, which I'm passionate about, <clears throat> I can't do it because no one's going to want to read it or no one's going to want to watch it or whatever. So I need to put my energy a- into something that's going to sell. And then I work on something that's going to sell and I would stop because that's so draining f- to work on something you're not passionate about. You and I talked about this, um, when we had a coffee, uh, yeah. Jersey, uh, yeah. months back, and so I would go through that. I would stop it. So, um, I recently had a, a coaching session with a producer named Jeff Gomez, who does transmedia production? So they take different um, worlds like Avatar and Men in Black, and, whatnot, and they create kind of extra content for them online and other, you know, d- different different platforms and different mediums. And he, he was able to help me find out why I was having a problem on a psychological level, and then somehow it magically disappeared from that. Whatnot? On. Knock on, whatever this is. Um, <laughs> knock on. Fake uh, yeah. background. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> what it came down to is he said, in a nutshell, everyone between the ages, I'll say, I think he said um, three and five, has had some kind of major trauma in their life. Mm. And, from, and their story resonates from that. Their story, their, their origin story, just like Spider Man and Batman and Superman, they all have an origin story. Starts from that moment, and he asked me what that moment was, and for me, it was a moment when my dad, um, my dad was obsessed with black basketball, so he would just make that his his one and only uh, priority. So he, he would forego all of his family responsibilities to go play with his friends. And on this particular moment, I remembered him leaving me in the car, locking the car, and I could watch him. I was watching him. Play basketball with his friends, and I'm thinking as a three-year-old, like God, what can I get out of this car, and why won't Daddy play with me? That kind of thing. That story, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. made me think that I was not important enough for my dad, and if I could just be important enough, then maybe he would love me, maybe he would stay with me, maybe he would whatever. And that 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 story resonated with me throughout my entire uh, romantic life, but also. Um, my career, because I thought, like, if I could just be important enough, I could just create a story that's big enough and and whatever enough that people will like me, then people will pay attention to me, then then I'll be important enough for people to return phone calls and whatnot. So let me pick a project that's going to do well, because if I don't, then I'm not going to be important enough. And he helped through the conversation um, to eliminate that need and to change my story to a different story so that I realized that I already was important enough. Then my mission is to help other people realize they're important enough, and that the products that I choose need to be stuff that I'm personally passionate about. Because it, my my validation is no longer um, from what other people think or whatever they whatever people uh, whether they like my product or not. I had to do stuff I was passionate about because that's why I was put here on Earth. So I was I chose the product I'm most passionate about, whether it makes money or not. Because fortunately, I'm in a position where I'm I'm good, you know. And I know that not everybody is like that, but they can certainly work on what they're passionate about while they're working their their, their day job, even if it's an hour or two. If all they have, they if you just need stop playing, just stop playing games, stop watching Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, stop watching the baseball game, stop you know doing all this stuff. If you start monitoring and auditing how much time you have really during the day, especially now in this situation, you're at, mm-hmm. you realize you have a lot of time that you can use to work on what you're truly passionate about. And we waste a lot of time that we can be used on that. So I learned from this conversation with Jeff Gomez to focus on what I was passionate about. And they, and I decided to put, I thought to myself, what's well, the one project that if I left this earth, I'd want a legacy. This would be my legacy. And it was this African project. That it's been in my head for a long time. And I've kind of visited and let let go and visited and let go. And it was this one project because in this world I was created this African you know, mythological world, all the stories I'm passionate about could be infused in it, in one form or another. I could do everything I wanted to do in this one project. So that helped me a lot. And I don't know if that would help you or or what your origin story is, but if you can find out why you feel the need to, Uh, I don't know if if, if you're dumping a project or if you're not finishing it or whatever the case is, you can find out why, why am I doing this? Why do I need to do that? Once you find out what that reason is, why, um, and, and, and realize, uh, and create a different story for yourself, that really helps a lot. And it's still like cliche and like, you know, like an episode of Oprah or something like that, but, um, <laughs> but it really worked like magic. I mean, it really was life changing spending one hour with Jeff Gomez, um, just talking to him just like you and I are talking.
0: It's funny that you bring that up because I've actually majorly gone through some audits on myself in the last, mm-hmm. especially since this new year. Uh, and it's really strange that you bring that up because I, I have. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just, just relooking at things, relooking at, at situations and, past situations and uh when 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 did you have this meeting with him was that recent or was that
1: uh, I had this meeting with him i want to say either november or december wow yeah That's yeah recent yeah it's been yeah. yeah pretty recent yeah and he's just an amazing guy he actually has a coaching service you guys can look up um his company's called starlight runner entertainment and you can google it and he's got a coaching service there so if anyone wants coaching. He's off. He's I think he's offering really discounted rates right now because he's helping people who are going through this change right now globally. Right. And he just wants to build help as many people as possible. And this is a guy who does not have the time to do this stuff. He's so busy. He's working on Spielberg projects and I mean, major stuff. And um, he does this because it helps so many people. But He says it also helps him by
0: helping other people too. Right. When, uh, when so when he was going through that exercise with you or whenever, whenever you guys were having this discussion mm-hmm. how how difficult was it for you to pinpoint that one trauma because i'm sure there's more than just that because when i think about stuff during that time frame in my life there were multiple things going on um mm-hmm. and it it just makes you think i I was just curious to see uh, how, how, how was it that that one instant or that one, that one incident st- stood out more than the others?
1: I think uh, th- it was just the fact that my parents divorced at that time. Okay. Um, and just thinking that, you know, half the time or maybe not half the time, but I was with my dad, the other, you know, most of the time I was with my mom and the times I treasure my, with my dad, my dad, when, when dad was around, he was a gr- great dad, you know? Um, but he was—he married too young, I think. He was not ready to be a dad quite yet, and that affected me. So I think it was just like the thing that that feel, and you could try different ones. Like you know, maybe let's let's say you have three things in particular that really happened traumatically. Go down that path and see maybe maybe oh maybe it wasn't this one. Like it was more like, you know it was more like this thing that really affected me to this day. And and it's so funny that life is like domino sort of of domino effect this small little event yes which for a three-year-old was very traumatic um affected me
0: the butterfly effect perhaps a little bit yeah
1: i mean if that hadn't happened um i wouldn't be where. yeah Yeah. who knows yeah who knows so it, it served its purpose but what he said was something to the fact that you know you're no longer a three-year-old. If the three-year-old was doing what he needed to do to get daddy's attention at that time, you don't need to, you're not the three-year-old anymore. You got to recreate right. your, your own right. story now, you know? Right. And that just really helped me because it was it was all like, if you ask yourself as a creative person, why am I doing this?
0: Like, yes. Why
1: am I really, the good and the, reason, you know, the bad, I thought that the reason I was doing this, and I think it's true today, but um, was I was just, yeah, I'm passionate about this, but I want to change the world in a positive way but through my stories. When I want to show people characters that they normally wouldn't necessarily even like, and they grow to like and love these people. And they go on this emotional journey, and so the next time they run across somebody who's like that, who maybe they would normally scoff at, uh, now they look at them differently, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was my thing, but I realized I, I wanted so much more. I wanted to be validated. Uh, when I didn't get a hundred reviews of my books, or I got this and that, you know, you know, criticized about my writing, I took it very personally because it was, which a lot of I think artists do, but I took it very personally. Like you are saying to me that I'm not important was the message I was getting, and that's not what they were saying at all necessarily, but that's the way I was right, interpreting right. it. So it all it all came back to this one moment. So I think that I would encourage anybody to look at look, you know, just like you said, even kind of, you know, auditing yourself uh, just as an artist. I mean, there's so much, so much great material from <laughs> that moment. That you, yeah. Whether you're a songwriter or you're, or, or you're a novelist or a scriptwriter or, 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 you know, mm-hmm. painter, just from finding out those, those moments and finding out like how that affected you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, and, I, you know, I, I encourage it.
0: I'm, I'm yeah. sure it, it even goes beyond that age frame. There might be because mm-hmm. they've. I've always heard about this psychologically. Like there's reoccurring themes in one's life. Yeah. Where there's and I've seen it actually. Believe it or not, you'll you'll probably crack up with this. Um, I don't know if you've heard of. Uh, they've they've been around for years, but this and and when I say the name, if you know them, you you'll probably smirk. But real social dynamics. Have you heard of? that uh, no, platform before. Okay. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. No. They uh they. they there's there's definitely mixed reviews out there they've been they basically built an entire empire and franchise 20 years ago um teaching guys how to pick up like literally okay. te- teaching okay. guys how to pick up women or you know whatever whatever orientation doesn't really matter but the 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 whole point is they actually really they've got some serious insight and they go into the psychology of it and even like one of the things in general is if you're gaming um, for, for a mate or a spouse or you're gaming for life in general or you're gaming for the next job or the next promotion or whatever, like, it's an inner game. It really has nothing to do with the exterior. It's really the interior that matters. And from that drawing that state from within and certain, certain aspects to that whole game Um, it, it really kind of opened your eyes up to some things. So from a psychological perspective, uh, they always talked about, and I, some of the, some of the folks involved with them, they always talked about, uh, reoccurring themes and how Mm -hmm. you'll see this self-sabotage cycle over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. until you realize why, or you're, you're, you're aware, you're self-aware of why that is, it'll just keep happening.
1: Yeah, people do, especially with relationships, people will whether it be, you know, friendships or, or romantic relationships, people will re, they'll sort of recreate the, that, right. that scenario again and again and again and again. Well, I have a friend of mine, you know, and she's like, why can't I meet the right kind of guy? And like, I said to her the other day, um, you know, you're asking the wrong question. You need to start asking yourself, why is it so easy for me to meet the right guy? Just by yeah. asking yourself the right question, Mm. Your brain goes back like, oh, actually, you know, I've met some really nice guys Well, a while. I mean, I worked out, but they were great guys, you know. Um, by asking Is the, right, the right question, you start mm. reframing, reframing your whole life. The re,
0: yeah, the frame. And that, that was mm. something else that they've talked about. Mm. Frame, you know, framing. And uh, mm-hmm. it's so essential. Uh, just, I mean, just change like, – and and for me personally, because for years I, I saw this, and if I look at tapes of myself years ago, it was definitely a different frame. Right. Yeah. I was on stage, trying to perfect what I was doing and trying to get better at my craft. You can you can you can blatantly see it, and only within really the last few years. Um, after I got past my 10,000 hours on guitar, because I already had it with drums. I already had it with other aspects of my career, but guitar started a little bit later for me. And then I was able to just kind of relax and forget about it. Uh, and then it's really about the people. You know, it's really about having that connection. And that's the other thing, and you'll probably agree with me with this uh, as well, I would, I would think, is that what you're doing, it's really not what you're doing that's the ultimate Goal or the old the the absolution of it all. I find that the best artists there. There's something going on behind the scenes, or there's some other motivating factor besides the art itself, and that's why it's so good. You know, uh, like mm-hmm. Van like Van Halen comes to mind. David Lee Roth. Uh, he, he was. He he saw things in in the sense of. Just just being totally free and and told just just having that charismatic personality and it really and, and it didn't matter about the vocals for him yet mm-hmm. he went platinum 10 20 30 times with with their record so he was like facilitating this event that's really what mm-hmm. he was doing he really wasn't singing and, and there's so many times where you see that and uh, <laughs> that I <don't>, subtle shade, <laughs> right like i you know i don't know if you have any thoughts on any i can tell
1: you, vocal isn't your isn't your isn't your uh, your focus right now in this moment you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i think you know for me in terms of songs um to me when i hear the story behind the song Mm. that really there's some great video series right now. Um, when they talk about like how, what was the inspiration for this, for this, uh, song? Um, I, I think it's creed. Um, the, the old group creed. Yeah. Um, what's the, the the lead character or the lead? I'm sorry, the lead, the singer's
0: name. Oh, Scott Stapp.
1: Yeah. Scott. So I know he has some other band now, but, um, he had that, that song. What is his most famous song that went, um, it was a pop song. Um,
0: well, there's, uh, I mean, they, they had they had a few with arms wide open. Yeah, with arms, that's what it was. With okay, wide right open. So
1: when I heard the story behind that, that was about a sign and whatnot. I was like, wow. Like, I mean, I like the song anyway to begin with. But when that, I, that is, that song, is
0: that about his son?
1: It was something to do with the son, from what I remember. Uh, I don't remember what it was. Uh, yeah. But there's a story behind I remember watching it on VH1 or something like that. The story behind it, I was like, wow. I mean, I looked at it and listened to it in a whole other light. When I heard when I realized the lyrics that he was singing was about something completely different, that story that goes, you know, it's the context that goes into it. It's that subplot we talked about with scripts. That story behind that song made me even more attracted to that song. So I think that. um, in that way, like you said, it's not always about the vocals or about or whatever. It's it's about um, something something bigger than that, bigger than right. just performing on stage or, or 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 making money or whatever. It's about something deeper. People, I think, they can sense that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I keep seeing that over and over again. Like the real greats, the real legacy artists, like Jim Morrison, for example. That's another. Mm. I mean, again, this these are biased influences of mine. Uh, but mm. again, he was. He was into his shaman thing, and he was—he was, he was again—he was into that facilitating kind of like spiritual esque process, and the whole band mm-hmm. was on the same accord, for the most mm-hmm. part. I mean, he was—he was far gone at, at some point, unfortunately. <laughs> <and> got, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You he know, kind of bit him in the end, but right. Uh, I see that time and time again, and. um, uh, it, it, to be in my mid twenties, and at least now I'm finally coming to 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 say to to reach that point of enlightenment that's really egotistical, and I'm not going to say that. I'm just kind of glad that I'm actually thinking in those terms now, because mm-hmm. I there's there's guys that are, hit their thirties, hit their forties, hit their fifties, they still aren't thinking in those terms, and it's mm-hmm. it's a shame.
1: Well, you're you're ahead of your time, and you're also um you're obviously way more mature than than most guys who are your age um and you've had whole other careers before you are right now so you have a head start you started you probably had really your parents probably supported from the very beginning of your career and and that's that's an awesome thing um so now so imagine where you're going to be five years from now 10 years from now 20 years from now and you're going to be you know, the stage. Of, Hopefully you not know, self-destruct. It, yeah. The virtual Grammys or whatever we have, you know, <laughs> you
0: know receive it from Receive it from NASA or something on the moon. Yeah, at, exactly. At that <laughs> the, was...
1: Yeah, that's great. And, and I think that you, you'll be so much further than, than, um, than people who are, you know, twice as, as old as you. And, you know, you're a, a young prodigy, you know, music prodigy. Uh, so that that's going to give you even more of a head start than most people. Think.
0: I always tell I always tell everybody this: there's there's always some seven year old Chinese girl who will kick your ass. That's
1: true. That's true. So
0: somewhere she's out there, or he you know, he's out there. It doesn't really matter. But they're, <laughs> they're out there, man. There's some seven year old that will just kick your ass at whatever instrument right. it is that you play, and you've been that's on true. it for fifty years, and they still blow you out. Um, (laughs) I've got a couple of bullet points here left, and we'll we'll kind of wrap up. But you know, and we've talked about it a little bit throughout this interview. But COVID Mm nineteen, uh, just your thoughts a little bit more. I kind of ask everybody this question nowadays because it's why not? Um, you're kind of you're in a hot spot area for sure. Uh. Where are we going from here? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, I definitely have seen people close to me that are affected by it. You know, I have a, I have a great uncle who just passed away from it. He was an older gentleman.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to 90s. hear that.
1: Yeah, wonderful guy. I love to live in the Bronx. Um, yeah. <clears throat> there's other people close to me that haven't. Actually, I have a couple friends who actually had it. They're young. They're about, about your age, actually. Um, but they, because they're young and everything, they're were, they were fine. They had a couple bad days, he said. But other than that, they're good. Um, so, I see, I see, I'm seeing how it's affecting, and I have so many friends all, all over the world. I'm asking them constantly whether they're, they're from Eastern Europe or India or Bangladesh or the Philippines or Canada or, or Central America, like how it's affecting them and it's affecting the whole world. I love the idea. Billy Porter had an interview recently in the Hollywood Reporter, I believe, where he called this period in our, in our history as a global reset. Yes, I love that idea. I love that idea. Yes. Um, unfortunately, it's at the cost of so many lives—not just um the, the the physical lives being lost, but the 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 changes that we'll will see over you know economically, and that will hit us globally. Unfortunately, at the cost of that. But when we come out of it, and we will, um, we'll come out stronger. We'll come out better. Um, we'll come out changed in a good way.
0: What, do you, what and, do you think it's going to look like personally? Like, what do you really think? Have you, have you projected this? Have you extrapolated it to a certain degree? I mean, everybody's thinking about it, but. Yeah.
1: I think they'll come up with some kind of medication treatment, whatever, that will be distributed um, within the United States within the next six months um, to the majority of the people. Uh, I think economically we 'll get back to where we were before all this within a couple of years it 's going to be a slow, wow. steady uh, wow. change though i mean we're going ha- we 're going to see some some interesting things happening in the next few months or whatnot but yeah. um, it 'll change the way the remote workers are um, that could be a prevalent thing as we come out of it as corporations start to see, wow, we can actually run our, comp- our corporation without these gigantic buildings. Yeah. Um, and there'll be people who realize, you know what, this whole remote working thing does not work for me. I need real people. Right. And I need to, and so it's going to be like, but also what, look what it's doing to relationships. If you are in the house with your, with your parents or with uh, a romantic interest, you are in a boiling, um, pot, a pressure cooker. (laughs) And if you can make it through this, you can make it through anything. Yeah. So all that tension and the, passion and the whatever, it's just, you're, you know, you're in it. <laughs> and so yeah. um, you really get to find out. It's a time for us to find out about ourselves. You know, for many of us that were working constantly, constantly, honestly, we're running away from the emotions and experiences in the, of our past. Now we have no other choice, but to sit still and face the things that we had been running away from the psychological issues, the traumas in the past. We have to face it in this period when you're stuck at home. So this is really hard for people who, who um, have not been isolated before, um, who need that constant interaction. Uh, that's really challenging and my heart goes out for those people. Yeah. I fortunately um, have been preparing for this in a sense that I've been um, been a remote worker for 12 years or so. I was in Costa Rica for 10 years where I was pretty much isolated for the most part. So this is not that different for me, yeah. but for those like my partner, who are used to constantly dealing with people is really really challenging for them.
0: Yeah. And well, it's, Martin, it's,
1: you, know.
0: you. You and I both, because uh, I, I'm an only child, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, do, doing the doing the music production thing for so many years, it's like it, there's these funny memes out there about oh, music producer, uh, been training for COVID nineteen since since the beginning. True. You know, it, it, it's so true though it's like
1: it's true it's true it's true same thing with with uh video editors uh many writers writers uh, yeah you yeah for, for sure yeah many people are, are useless but there's many people who are and my heart goes out to those kind of people because this is really hard for them this not everyone's made like you and i and not a who need that constant interaction and there's nothing wrong with us who, who they are so for those people, it's really really hard for them and I try to be there for those kind of people as much as I possibly can. Because um, it's, it's really hard for them. Um, not everyone's made, built for this. So, but for those who come out the other end um, will come out stronger, um, will learn something about of themselves. Um, I do think, and I hope that brings us together uh, globally more. I think the infrastructure for internet will be, the need for it will be even more important as we see that we need strong, and, uh, you know, uh, electrical and internet mm-hmm. infrastructure in this country, in the world, there's a lot of good that will come out of this at the end just to make it through. That's it. It's one day yeah. at a time. It's about, for me, it's about doing daily meditation. It's about doing this technique called, um, EFT, which is emotional mm-hmm. freedom technique. That's fantastic. It's about prayer. If you're a religious person or a spiritual person, it's about, um, if you need, if you need uh, help, with a therapist and talking to a counselor it's about getting um your head straight because that without that you know i don't want to use the word but you're stuck let's put it that way
0: uh, right 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 right. um i i said right before this started i said that this this is going to be a reset it's interesting to hear uh the other guys say that as well um i was gonna ask you the eft regiment and i was curious to to hear a little bit more about that and also meditate i had meditation written down here just for general creative standpoint but uh yeah if you could expand on that for a little bit
1: sure i mean let's start with meditation um there's a great app um called sync tuition which I've been using. So for those who have uh, difficulty sitting still or say I can't meditate, it's just, if you can imagine, 3D surround sound on steroids and you just hear all these sounds and whispering and talking and music playing. And today I was listening to one where it sounded like someone was lighting up a, a match in my left ear, then behind me. And you just listen to it and it really helps you focus because all this energy we spend analyzing and thinking and worrying um, is real energy. And so if you're just able to center it, um, that's energy you can use to heal, right. to feel better, right. to, to, to help people. feel Great. So that helps. And then in terms of EFT, it's, it, it, for those who are not familiar with it, it's basically, if you imagine like um, acupressure for emotions. So you're tapping on different parts of your body, your face, um, as you are feeling those strong emotions, and you keep an, and it basically interrupts the uh, not the chi, but basically the energy centers. Shock, um, so chakra, the, the chakras. I forgot what they call it, the meridian.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: And it just—I don't know why—it it just works. Sometimes instantaneously. Sometimes it takes a couple of hours. Sometimes it doesn't take a few days for it to clear away. But if you have any type of of anxiety. If you're worried a lot, if you're having any type of deep depression, it can definitely be used as a tool. It's free. You can go on YouTube and find videos on how to do it. Actually go through kind of virtual sessions. And there's actually practitioners who, who will do it with you. Um, I know with, with some of the childhood trauma I've experienced, I've worked with a practitioner in Israel um, named Alana Nicholson. She's great. Um, she has a company called Op. I think it's option to heal, up to heal, um, mm-hmm. and she will do it with you. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a great it's a great tool to help you if you're going through any type of anxiety or depression or just worry. If if you have, for example, you're getting ready to do a, a stage performance and you're really nervous, you can use it for that. If right. you're having problems with talking to um, your boss. Um, and he, and you're getting really worked up about it. You want to release some of that emotional baggage. It works with that. Um, it's just it's an amazing tool. That with meditation and prayer for those of us who yeah. uh, have you know um, religious beliefs or whatnot can really help a lot. And there's no cure all. There isn't, but but it sure does make you feel better. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. It right. really does. Yeah.
0: And it, it, it spawns off this point, which I've seen uh, it happen often now in my life, which is, you know, the problem's not going to get fixed. You're just going to have to create in your mind the reality that the problem is no longer the problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I find that meditation, prayer, you know, letting things go, that that's that's the ultimate i think that's and that that may be why we strive like as perfectionists that may be why we strive so much towards a certain goal is because Mm -hmm. that to us is more because it's like oh well if i drop this then what am i living for that's a very scary thought right (laughs) you know
1: yeah I, Who am I if I'm not writing or right the identity playing. and all yeah, of that? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's like you find a new reason why you're doing it in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's just
0: It's it, it's just charting those waters.
1: Yeah, and it's all fun. It's all. It's, good. it's great to learn about yourself, especially as an artist to, yeah. to, you know, learn about like, why am I this way? Why am I? And, and, and also like um, just accepting yourself 100%, all your faults, all your strengths, all your eccentricities, all of it. Just like saying, you know what? This is me and I'm not going to adapt my personality for um, my friends, mm. for the public, for my parents, for my grandparents. I'm just like, this is who I am. So you kind of exponentially get become a better person anyway but having to like change who you are is just a waste of time i've learned <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I i am who i am look if you don't right. like me you know you don't like me if you like me great you know let's share this space together
0: it's well said yeah you've uh you've got some new product coming out uh i don't know how much you're at liberty to talk about regarding it but if you wanted to Sure. I'm working
1: on, yeah, I'm working on this African Game of Thrones type of story that had, you know, in the, in the oven for a while, but I'm going forward with it. I'm really excited about it. It is, it's African elves, African fairies, (laughs) African mermaids, African dwarves, all of these uh, mythical creatures that we normally see in European based um, fantasy existed in Africa as well, and often mm. predated these. So it's just people didn't realize that. A lot of people haven't realized that, that, that there are stories there too. So we often see. I I love a you know Lord of the Rings and 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 Game of Thrones just like anybody else. But it's just great to see that these other countries, um, countries in in Africa, countries in Asia, countries in. And you know, Australia well, not there's a (laughs) whole country in Australia, but countries all over the world have their own version of these fantasy stories. So, this particular one is in a and it's sort of a fictitious country in Africa in West Africa, um, which is basically Nigeria, but it's like you know, it's basically a fictitious one, and so it's kind of like the stories that come from that particular country. And, um, and but they're universal stories that, that, that no matter what color you are, what culture you are, that you'll enjoy and they'll be entertained by them with, with, with real. I, I saw things that I did not like about Game of Thrones, and I was a huge fan of Game of Thrones. I still am, except for the last season. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, but I saw things I would love to have them fixed, and I'm kind of putting that in my own project. Like, this is the way I would do it if I was them. This is how I would make it even better than it was before. Um, so I'm able to put all my passion and all my stories and all my um trauma and my joys into this world and I'm really really excited about growing the audience online first and then then going to pitch it to the big boys after that so it'll be great
0: that's that's cool um future plans for you and this is always an ongoing question on the show recently it's been a little disrupted but uh, mm-hmm. you know b- besides the new projects i mean just a- anything goes for, for that topic.
1: Future plans, you know, um, when this is all over with, I really want to travel the world even more. I've yeah. been wanting to go to back to Europe, uh, for a while. I would like to go to Africa. I would like to go to Australia. I've been wanting to go to Australia since I was, uh, I don't know, six years old. So I think that that's what I'm really gonna be focusing on once after, after the dust clears in this situation. Um, other than that, just like living life and enjoying it, you know, meeting really cool people, um, uh, hoping, bringing some joy to people, affecting the world in a positive way, uh, uplifting people and having fun while I do it. That's, that's my plan, you know, and also getting more in shape. I have to look like you. Jason. <laughs> I mean, do you, it's like, it's like, I know you're like, you know, playing, uh, your guitar writing your songs doing everything else but you're like you must be working out like 24 7 because you know you're all ripped you know (laughs) well
0: i mean it's i'm really not i i I appreciate that there's there's guys that would totally clean my clock you know you just go on you just go on instagram and hashtag shred or hashtag whatever it's you know those are the real those are the real savages like six percent body fat that's uh, insane. it's just stupid. Yeah, yeah, just stupid. Um, now I'm not. I mean, uh, three to four times a week, heavy, and then maybe you know I love swimming season because then, that's that's just cardio. That's cardio and a good pump. I like. Right. Okay. I don't like just doing cardio to do cardio. Like I, unless it's on the drum set and I'm, you know, playing metal double kick drum stuff and it's really but you just get in there and full-body workout. But, yeah, uh, no, I mean, and, and this whole situation with all the gyms closed, I, yeah. I had an inclination last year to get a bunch of plates and an Olympic bar and a squat rack and the bench and all that. I just never did it because I was planning on moving to New York at the beginning of mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't make any sense. Uh, now I wish I kind of dropped the 500 bucks at the time, and just kind of go on cra- scouring Craigslist. Now you can't even do that. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah, we have uh, some. We have we bought some, uh, you know, some some gym equipment, some yoga mats. When I here at our, right. our fake uh, fake you know conference call apartment. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, a lot of it. A lot of it was just literally, you know, hammering away. Yeah, working out every day. This this was back like twenty. I want to say 20, uh, 2012 to like twenty sixteen, and it was four years of really like. If you look at pictures of me, I was telling somebody else about this on. I think my buddy Max in Nashville on that on his episode because he's like six foot guitar player. He's like I don't know like one forty really really skinny, um, which is good for that look. It it looks good on stage, but he's like yeah like you're you're ripped. Jason's like I mean. You look at pictures of me though, back three, four, five years ago, I was a little odd because I was, yeah, I was really pushing hard with the legs. I think I gained like 15 pounds of muscle in three or four months when I was in New York, like back, back in 20, it was ridiculous. I was just like squatting two, three times a week. I had tendonitis in my upper body. So all I could do is like lower body. and just, started looking pear-shaped. It was really strange. Well, okay. (laughs) Uh, So, But that was kind of what helped was build that lower body. And then when my upper body kind of from resting for about a year, uh, just kind of took over and was able to build a little bit more. But, yeah, no, it was like, yeah, eating five times a day, uh, trying to get a lot of sleep. That was all it was. was schoolwork, recording music, auditioning, and going to Gold's Gym and eating that was about that was my life it really wasn't social wow. at all yeah wow. i didn't drink alcohol for like three or four years during that time frame because it was just it was not wasn't part of the mix but now, mm-hmm. now i've maintained i've built up and uh, yeah it's i'm glad i did it because now it's you've got it you just have to maintain right. it maintain
1: it right exactly exactly
0: but i'm small man i'm i'm so small compared to some of these and you have, but you have to be because of the camera. It's not. If I wasn't into film, I I probably would have, I probably would have competed a little bit because I I love it. But uh, you can't it, the camera? It just it it just doesn't work. You gotta you gotta maintain that.
1: Yeah, frame. exactly, exactly. L- lose the TV ten.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me me above yeah. me above one. Once I get above like one. 62 165 it's just like mm, no I, I've, I've been really 160 has been very very good for me around even like 158 is even better yeah. mm-hmm. um i've got one thing at the end here sure that i like to do and by the way thanks so much for your time this has been great my pleasure I, I call it the shootout. We just – I say a, a word that's industrial le- related to you, and mm-hmm. you just kind of say the word that comes back to mind, like first off, top of your head. Sure, okay. Uh, drama. Latina. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: uh Romance. Uh, Fabio. <laughs> That's the best answer out of all the episodes. Uh, That's the best. (laughs) Comedy. Oh, Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, man. Great, great response. Typewriting or typewriter. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Or Hank Moody. Right. Uh, uh, Traveling.
1: Uh, Aruba.
0: Writing. Writing. Uh, marketing Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: man he's just been he's been like a pit bull lately he's amazing he's, yeah. uh, he, is just, he is just pounding people right now on those live streams it's actually hilarious he is. <laughs> uh, social media mm, Facebook mm. Uh, final drafts Software? New York. Manhattan. Starbucks. <laughs> Need some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what was the one thing that you got? What was,
1: it was like a. Was oh, a- that was great. The little egg bites. Yeah. Yeah, those are great. Or oh, you mean the drink or, or the
0: food? Both. I mean, the you had a whole ensemble going. The egg bites. Yeah, the eggs were great. And it was, I don't know, it was like some mocha It was thing. a
1: drink I was trying. Yeah, it was like some mocha thing I was trying to get, but they didn't have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great.
0: Um, I, I was actually surprised we were able to park at that parking garage for like four bucks. That was, that was unprecedented. Yeah. I was proud of my research because the three of us were in the, the vehicle like coming in and I was like, Googling and doing the whole <laughs> phone finagling thing, and I, I was like, you know what? Let's just park at what was that the the mall or whatever that thing was.
1: Oh, uh, it was Journal Square. Journal Square.
0: We parked there. I don't know what it was. Oh, oh, it was the uh, train the train station. Yeah, parking yeah. lot. Because we okay, could okay, either yeah. we could either try and do the street thing, and I was like, you know what? Let's just go into the the uh that that, that parking garage is huge the path train the path yeah. train that's it yeah and, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. i think it was like 375 i was like jerk, man this is a joke this is amazing yeah yeah exactly like i pat myself <laughs> on the back for this it was like, well, the latte cost more than the uh, parking which is surprising. exactly <laughs> so i always ask this question this is the last question um i ask it to everybody if you could go back in time to your 15 year old self knowing what you know now what would you tell him as advice
1: That's a really good question. Um, I have so much I would say, but I think, you know, ultimately I would say, you know what, everything's going to turn all right. You know, Um, Mm. just enjoy life, be a teenager. Yeah. You know, because I was really focused, kind of like you. I mean, I, I was thinking about business and making, I was reading, you know, wealth without risk at 12, you know, literally. So I was always like about entrepreneurship and whatever. That was like my thing. But, I think I, I'll go back and tell my 15 year old self just enjoy life, do all the teenagers things. You know, right. you'll have plenty of time for all the other stuff. So yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's weird <laughs> because I'm in my mid 20s and I feel like I'm regressing, so to speak, in certain okay. certain ways. I don't know, like just because my teen years, like yours, were just pound, 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 mm-hmm. and now it's like dude, you got to live a little bit. Especially, yeah, I do. especially with yeah. this thing going on because i i had the, the unique opportunity to work with my friend's company just on the side and mm-hmm. i i got called in to run some sound gigs for him with the live bands he owns a dj company and like sound light stage company and he's taking a big hit right now but before all this um for a few months i was just helping out with some gigs and i was just hanging out at frat houses running sound and you know, you know, doing the partying thing for a little bit. I was like, man, like, I'm getting paid to have the college experience. This is great. Exactly. I don't exactly. have to worry yeah. about getting up in the morning and going, going to take an exam. Like, this is fantastic. And then the whole world basically shut down. I had my glory for a couple of months. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but uh, but I, then again, I guess I've had it as well with playing shows. <laughs> But it's always different, you know. You're focusing. You know, Anytime yeah. I'm on stage, I'm focusing. But I'm. This is definitely making my making me think and 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 really ponder about next time I'm on stage and I have that opportunity to. Uh, just, I know it'll be different. You know.
1: Yeah, definitely. we'll all, we'll all be different after all of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Any Any last words? Uh. I think, I think maybe my last words would be, not my
1: last words, but last yeah. few words of the show, I think would just be, I think uh, my message to people right now, if they're going through challenging times to uh, take a breath, um, get themselves centered one way or another. Um, and know that all, much of our life is a lot about perspective. So um, if you're having a hard time, every time you go on social media, try not going to social media one day. Right. Um, if right. you watch the news constantly and it's making you literally sick, maybe don't do that for a day. See what difference it makes for one day, and then keep doing it if it's working for you. Um, you know, that, that I would say, yeah, just keep your keep your head sane as much as possible because that is the beginning of everything. So
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thanks so much again for your time and. Um, uh, glad we were fi- finally able to do this. You know, yeah,
1: me too. I'm glad. I'm glad.
0: Uh, it's it, it's just a, a yeah, It's so surreal that, and it's weird because it hasn't really. It's clicked in certain ways in my mind that this is what's this is this is happening. Like th- this is actually happening right now. But in certain ways, it's still very surreal That it is that, that we're in this world. It's true.
1: It's, it's like living in a, in a movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of
1: bizarre. Oh, really? I don't even realize that I go outside the door. Uh, today, a neighbor knocked on my door and she was wearing one of those masks, of, like bird type of masks, and like talking to me through the whole conversation, I'm like, what is this? This is like some weird, you know, like, I'm uh, a bizarre sci-fi movie.
0: <laughs> New York will definitely be different, for sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think a lot of people
0: will probably end up moving out
1: to the country after all this. Yeah. People will be, uh, if they, they were thinking about it before, they'll start spreading,
0: you know. Even more so than 9-11.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: I mean, there's yeah. so many people that I know that, that are, you know, millennials like me or, um, I mean, even beyond that, that, that are just, they, they're gone. They're not there. They're mm-hmm. left. They're back with their parents or whatever. Yeah. 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 So,
1: yeah. Global reset.
0: <laughs> for real. Yeah. Way, well, hey, you guys been listening to the Jason D'Amico show and watching the Jason D'Amico show. For more information on Jeff, uh, refer to the description box down below or to the side if you're on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes. I know that those are a little different. But YouTube, description box down below. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys on the next one. Peace.